And welcome to the Uncovered Podcast. My name is Joshua. And my name is Kendall. We're here to talk about our journey. Let's get into it. It last. <laughs> what? Uh, hi, Kendall. <laughs> oh, hi, Joshua. Oh, what's up, dude? <laughs> Man. Uh, I apologize for being... Uh, a little bit behind schedule today. I had to uh, beat mm-hmm. my dad on the golf course. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Shout out to shout out to Brian Chu. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> he really carried us on the front nine. Look, I even got nice. a, I even got a ball mark still in my pocket. Oh, it's always a bummer. Um, I was like, "What are you doing?" Sorry, dude. Just clicking the clicking just, the thing. Just click it, clicking the thing. Yeah. Just doing my job, man. Just doing my job. At some point, we'll have a uh, sponsored segment in this episode. Um, no, don't listen to him. Yeah. It's well, because we, uh, we're kind of in a time crunch right now. So we got people coming to the building that got to get let in. And so. Oh, no, we don't. There's a person right there. Oh. Hold up, podcast. My mom's here. You don't oh. want to say anything, mom? She's waving at me. No, no, no. I don't want to say anything. <laughs> she's going to hear this when she listens on Monday. Well, she's, she's hearing it right laugh. now. I got to go say hi she's to her. Though. All right. So here's the her. sponsored segment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's going to be two now? Okay. Yeah, two. All right. You can talk for a second, buddy. Have you guys ever felt like you don't know what you're doing? I have. There's a scheduler. It's called Schedule Your Life. And they're paying us exactly $0 for this segment. But I just wanted to say they're a fantastic company, and you should definitely get a hold of them. Also, one note, quick note, fast note. All of the notes. If you take notes, this app is for you. So be sure to check it out, and have a fantastic rest of your day. This was brought to you by Notes. Ah, well... Joshua's still not back yet, so me being Kendall, I'm just going to keep talking and saying things that matter and also don't matter. Oh, Joshua's back. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) I'm really nervous for what he just (laughs) said over the last minute. Uh, It's more like 45 seconds. Um, That was about a minute, bro. Ah, 51 seconds. (laughs) Stop it. <laughs> I'll split the difference with you. Dude, oh my uh, gosh. Meet me in the middle. It's so funny. I uh, the more I think about it, the more I'm in awe that we're even friends. Well, stop thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good plan. Just don't think about it. Yeah. Just, you know, it, it happened. Yeah, exactly. We don't know how. We yeah. don't know why. But it happened. Just like a baby. Well... <laughs> <laughs> no, I think most people know how. Well, I mean, you hear it all the time. It's like, yeah, we didn't plan on having this kid. Oh, didn't you? <laughs> How's that possible? <laughs> uh. Uh, there's a lot of steps that have to be taken mm-hmm. in, in order for a plan not to come together. <laughs> what's, what's his name? I love it when a plan comes together. I think the we A talked, team. I think we talked about this exact thing last week. Literally no, we word didn't. for word, bro. No, we did not. I talked about a plan coming together, not coming together, and then. No, what's his name? I don't know. His name in the A team. No. No. Um, Ice Cube. <laughs> Stop. Ice T. No. Um, <laughs> gosh dang <Yeah>. it. <laughs> I don't know. I love it when a plan comes together. Uh, the crazy dude, Han- Macaulay Culkin. No, that's Hannibal. Hannibal? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that his... He's, he's the... He's uh, the pilot. German, or, yeah. The crazy, been, crazy pilot guy. General who was finally defeated by Caesar um, back, back in okay, the day. Okay, now I have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Hannibal, dude. Yeah. Also, Hannibal Lecter, he was a cannibal. Hannibal the cannibal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, anywho, 
Um, what were we talking about when my mom showed up? Golf? He, well, yeah, you said you had like a, a a ball mark or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's what you use when you're on the green and you mark where your ball's at so it doesn't get hit by mm. other balls. Must ha, be, ha, ha, balls must be rough jokes. Must be rough out there on Good the green. One. Oh, isn't the gr- there's the green and the rough? So you got to stay off the Well, that's, the that's two parts the of it. There's also a fairway, and then there's also the fringe. Oh. There's, there's a few different parts, but yeah. Dang. You had two out of them. Two Dang. of them. I have a lot to learn. You do have a lot to learn. Dude, if you're going to become a pastor, you have to golf. If I'm going to get married. <laughs> <laughs> or both of those. <laughs> well, I think yeah. I just said that the other night at the youth group, right? I don't know. Yeah, I said something about I started golfing because I became a pastor and you have to do that. Oh, was that at youth group? Yeah. That was like a week ago. No, that was at Pursuit. Oh, like Pursuit. two nights ago. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pursuit. Yeah. Love those guys. Well, anywho, um, what a good day. Yeah, dude. Such a good day. I'm I'm actually like super hyped. I was out in the sunshine, golfed fairly well. Yeah. Had fun. Yeah. It's just a beautiful life that we get to live. Yeah. Man, come on. Enjoy the life that you've been given, people. Enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're just my hype man now. I got to to watch some Avatar The Last Airbender today. Season three halfway. Actually, more than halfway through. Dude, it's crazy to me that it's become, like, as soon as it came on Netflix, now all of a sudden it's like, found this major resurgence culturally when it was like a show I watched through many times when I was younger. Oh, bro, you might get another opportunity for a... Dang, two sponsorships. Hey, if it was a uh, podcast for like any big podcast, we wouldn't even be through the sponsorships yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you guys are blessed we don't make money doing this. (laughs) Yeah, dude. (laughs) Usually there's like 15 minutes of sponsorships. All right, I'm going to be right back. (laughs) Got to let those goons in. And yes, we know we could just pause and keep going, but this just seems more fun, I guess. Also risky. Yes, shout out to Risky. (laughs) Oh. Do you guys ever find it hard to shave? For you ladies out there, I know you grow mustaches, and I also know that you guys grow mustaches. So, if you want something to take care of your mustache, get Mustache Cleaner. The mustache that's not only for men, but for women. The mustache? Cleaner. Yeah, but you said, that said you didn't say mustache This episode cleaner, is also all. brought to you by Mustache. <laughs> Stop. That was the worst. I'm I heard like ten seconds of that and I am so sorry you have to you have to go through that. Man, you might have just ruined the episode. Ruined it, dude. Just like a dwarf. ruined it. Nah. Oh. <laughs> it just you almost made me laugh and spit my tea out, and then I almost shot a booger right out of my nose because I had to laugh through my nose, my guy. It's not cool. <laughs> it's embarrassing, I do admit that, to the whole world. It's okay. Ah, oh, dude, the whole world doesn't listen to us. <laughs> oh, you're right, you're right. Potentially the whole world. Yeah, dude. That's a weird thought. Yeah, it is a weird thought. Well, there's probably some people without internet. Nope. But still, potentially the whole world. <laughs> no, everyone has Spotify. Has, oh yeah, no, dude. According to uh, Mister Mister Elon Musk, Mister Musk, it's crazy. Say what you were gonna say though, for those of our listeners. Oh, the who don't people understand. that don't know. Yeah, so Elon's been launching satellites into space for quite some time. I don't know if people didn't know that or not, um, but they've started. I think they've started doing some contracts with the military, basically providing like 5G internet speeds around the globe anywhere, and he plans for it to go public sooner rather than later, and I believe for maybe even free. I'm not totally sure, 
Um, but it'd basically be like phone service and internet everywhere. Dude, just imagine Based that. on a satellite network. Which no more internet bills and no more phone bills. Yeah. That would be crazy. And you could... He could put a lot of companies out of business. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bro. The only thing that would maybe compete is probably like fiber. Yeah. Um, That'd be the only thing that could compete. Yeah. Google would just step up their game big. They're like, all right, guys, we have to accelerate our plan. We have to accelerate our plans <laughs> by 10 years. It's crazy. Crazy. What a wild world we're living in. What a wild world. I was going to sing Wonderful World, but it just didn't yeah. fit. No, it didn't. Um, did you ever play uh, Super Mario Party? Once or twice. Okay. Did you ever play one of the mini games where you are all the characters and you're on like a giant sheet of paper and then you're on like a, a pogo stick like stamp or like kind of paintbrush looking thing and you have to jump around and color as much of the paper as you can and then like the other people can color over yours. And you try to like cover as the major mo- more of the paper than anybody else, and then you win in a certain amount of time. Did you ever play this? Possibly. Okay. Well, your sweatshirt reminds me of that because it just looks like the little characters stamped all over your your sweatshirt. Which I know nobody else can see this, but um, maybe we'll put a picture on our Instagram story. Why not? Of your sweatshirt on Monday. Come on, you know you want to. Come on, don't shake your head <laughs> like that. It's a big fact. <laughs> Negatory, sir. All right, whatever. Also, I'm so disappointed in you right now, brother. Why? I was quoting Star Wars, and you didn't quote Star Wars with me. No, I didn't. Because you do it every day, and it's just not... It's lost its luster. It ne- Dude, <laughs> there's no such thing as Star Wars No, Star its Wars hasn't lost its luster. You quoting Star Wars all the time has lost its luster. That's Especially uh, Senor Palpatine. Well, that was Obi-Wan talking to Jango Fett, bro. What did you say? Because now I feel like I heard something else. You said the power thing. No, no, no. You said, no, 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 no. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> you said. <laughs> and then you're going to think that's the Rocky theme song, aren't you? Uh, the final countdown. There you go. <laughs> I had to think for a second mm-hmm. because in my head I saw Rocky running up the stairs. Yep, I know you do. <laughs> Every time, dude. I think you've uh, just like wired your brain wrong with that little tune. Probably. <laughs> hey, that was cute. <laughs> I don't know why I did that either? You guys, we might actually have to do some video stuff because this <laughs> yeah, is just too, too much, much ridiculous stuff that goes on, and we just end up laughing. And then when I listen to it, I'm like. Oh my God, we sound like idiots because we're just sitting there laughing the whole time. We are. Nobody really knows what's going on except for me. Yo, what did Devlin say? Hey, shout out to Devlin. Yeah, yeah. So uh, one of one of the guys who used to attend our our youth group and church, some he moved away. He listens to the podcast. Well, he texted me the other day and was like, "You know what's so crazy about your podcast is." You and Josh both individually are some of the smartest people I know, but then you put you put you two together in a room and it's like that last brain cell <laughs> meme. Brain we just turn into that last brain cell meme. It's true. And uh that's rude, bro. Yeah, Devlin. So rude. Inspector Devlin FBI. Isn't that the isn't that the name that uh so. that uh Chris Pratt like takes in Parks and Rec and he's like trying to be the FBI agent he's like Inspector Devlin FBI or whatever I haven't uh, watched Parks and Rec only a couple episodes well I've watched the whole thing a bunch of times but I've not watched it in years oh well no I don't know shout out to my man Ron Swanson (laughs) can you give me all the bacon and all of the eggs it's like I think you what you heard me say was a lot of bacons and a lot of eggs, but no, I meant I want all of the bacon and all of the eggs that you have. I know what I'm about, son. Yes. Yeah. That was that was a or when you, cool, but, but I mean it is for not having really seen yeah, much of it. Yeah. Close enough. It's close. I just like when he pulls out a permit that says I can do what I want. Yeah, dude. 
It's like, do you have a permit for that? He's like, yes, in fact, I do, son. Pulls out a piece, Pulls of, out paper. A piece of paper, hands it to him. This says I can do what I want. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I aspire to be like that. Yeah. Uh, anywho, should we get should we get into it? Yeah. I love that our intro says, "Let's get into it," and, and then, then we, we don't spend get into 15 it. Fifteen minutes not getting into <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how y'all put up with us. Well, I mean, to be fair though, before in season one i.e. the first eight episodes, we would have all of this before, before and yeah. after our intro. Yeah, more or less. It would always... Not always. We wouldn't mm-hmm. always banter after. We'd always have like a banter beforehand, and then we'd do the intro. Well, it was never supposed to be banter. Yeah. It was actually just us checking the mic, and then we decided to keep it the <laughs> first time. Yeah, it's And true. then we just decided to keep it every time. Yeah, but not now. We changed it. Yeah. Episode nine hit. And now, two, now we one. have way too much freedom, and we just talk about nothing for. Yes, true. But I mean, a minute. Hey, it is what it is. It is what it is. What it do? Sometimes though, we'd spend like four minutes before we'd even get to the intro part. Oh, I know. Oh, it's crazy. Crazy, crazy times. Yeah. <laughs> look at us. Look, look at us. Who'd have thunk? <laughs> Who would have thought? Who'd have thought we'd be here? Not me. Yeah. Well, um... Since we like to talk about controversial things that tend to make people upset and divide different, (laughs) uh, you know, ideologies... I don't know if that's quite our hearts or the reason... (laughs) Actually, no, it's It's not It's definitely not our heart. It's definitely not the reason that we do or say anything. Yeah. But it's what happens. It is. Well, yeah, I um, I know we've talked about it before on here that we don't want, like, we don't want anybody that was to maybe listen to the podcast that's not a Christian or doesn't believe everything like we believe. We don't want them to feel like they can't get anything um, from our conversation, from the things that we talk about Um but uh, I've I've been seeing a trend for you know a certain number of years. Um, but then you know somebody I know uh, basically like you know they posted about this topic that I want to spend some time talking about today, and um, I I basically I I told Josh I kind of want to frame our conversation today around this question of can you love Jesus and not love the church? Because I think there's there's been a trend and I've seen a trend of people, especially like our generation and our age that like, and even culturally, people tend to be to a certain extent or to a certain level of understanding, people tend to be good with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Or you know what I mean, like, yeah, the Jesus guy, he was he was a good guy, mm-hmm. like you know what I mean. Yeah. But then people take issue or have issues with the church, and I want to you know have the conversation and and talk about and just kind of explore some of our thoughts, some of what we've seen, the the good, the bad, and you the know, ugly. and the ugly of of the different different sides of this. This conversation so I would I would just say I like I don't want to be somebody who goes to or lives in or condones extremism yeah on either side of the equation because I think anytime you go to any extreme it's it's always unhealthy I've like never seen an extreme that wasn't unhealthy. And I think what a lot of people also with this whole topic, what they actually have an issue with, which I agree with and I don't love, is um, organized religion. Um, Mm -hmm. Anytime that you have organized religion, it's 
always at the expense of people. I've never I've never seen it actually be for people and and in a way that doesn't cause a lot of hurt. Yeah. And so um and I and I know Jesus like you can draw a parallel with the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. Um now here's the thing. Like the priests and all of that, that was set up by God. The, mm-hmm. you know, the synagogue, the tabernacle, the mm-hmm. temple, like all of that was, that was, that was set up by God, instituted by God. Mm-hmm. But then what did it become? Yeah. It became a organized religion mm-hmm. of principles and rules at the expense of people. Yeah. And I think that's te- that's just tended to be the mm-hmm. avenue that religious people and religious culture has gone throughout history. It's, yeah. it's kind of been the trend. So I can see that, and I can understand that, and, and I definitely sympathize with that yeah. aspect of this conversation for sure. Yeah, and like, it's really that, I mean, God said, you shall have no other gods before you. Mm-hmm. And what happens is the organization turns into an idol. And so yeah. now it's what was originally structure set up to facilitate relationship with God turned into the structure becoming the God. Yeah. Right? That it's like, that it's the the things that were set in place to help people and foster relationship with God, foster growth, those things, that that becomes the God to people rather than God being God. And then with that, with God not being in the place that he should be in people's hearts and in people's lives and in places of any sort of organization or gathering or coming together, then people get left on the wayside, left by the wayside. Because when I think automatically, if I've got God in the center of my heart and he's like, it's about relationship with him because we're made in his image and because of how he designed relationship with him, the more like this whole idea that what you behold, you become the all I will the more I look at and am engaging with God in relationship, the more I look like him and live like him, and he is the perfect image of love, and so then I will love like he loves if that makes sense yeah and 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 that's like like you were saying, that's why God set up the structure though is to help help us keep him. On the yeah. throne of our hearts. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, and, and we see, because a, a lot of people would argue that, well, all of that structure was for the Old Testament and all that. And I I also tend to have, an, I take issue, I take issue with how the Bible is structured as a book sometimes because it causes the separation between the Old and New Covenant and um, the reality is the it's it's all one story and it's all one picture. It's all one tapestry. It's not two separate pictures, two ta- separate tapestries, one where God is, you know, a king and angry and the other where God is a father and loving. It's a holistic picture of yeah. the personage of God and a, a complete picture of God's uh, journey to connection and relationship with mankind. Yeah. Absolutely. And so that's that's not that's not accurate because also we see in the New Testament we see churches. Mm-hmm. Like who is addressed by Jesus in the book of Revelation? The seven churches. Yeah, churches. The seven, you know, organizations, if you will, the seven different 
ecclesia gathering places, yeah. you know, all that, all that stuff. That's addressed by Jesus, and it's, and he commands and corrects mm-hmm. different things. So he's not, he doesn't say to the church of this, you know, for instance, Philadelphia, yeah. right? I'm very disappointed that you have organized yourself into a yeah. structured group. Yeah. He doesn't say that. Not at all. Never once does he even insinuate that. Yeah. He's like, I'm super proud of you. You've done everything super well. This is what, you know, I really mm-hmm. appreciate about what you've done. This is what I think you could do better. Like, he does that to every single one of the churches. Not to, he doesn't say to a single one, I'm disappointed that you've organized yourself into a, um, a uh, organized, structured yeah. g- group. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, really simply, how does Jesus... And how does God refer to the church as the bride yeah. of Christ, right? Like, I mean, when when Paul's talking about marriage, is that in Ephesians 5? Um, I could be wrong, but when, pa- be, when but Paul's, when Paul's ta- talking about marriage, he says, Husbands, love your wives like Christ has loved the church and laid down his life for her. that Man, it, Jesus gave his life for the church. And now I, I want, I think it's important that we actually talk about and have conversation concerning the nuance of what is the church. And, you know, like, yes, I understand the church in a biblical and scriptural context is the gathering of people it's not a building it's not a denomination mm-hmm. it's a, a gathering of people it's it's made up of a group of people but it's really important to understand that like Jesus wasn't saying he laid down his life for a perfect church or for like he he actually tied himself to an imperfect and broken church you know what i mean like it's not yeah ideal he wasn't like he wasn't fooled into thinking like the church is going to be perfect all the time yeah. like the church is a group of broken people it's not going to be perfect all the time yeah you know it's I mean? literally broken people coming together towards healing is uh you need some well it's my water bottle over there at all i might have left it outside Sorry, guys. What a what an unconventional yeah. That's just him blowing his nostrils over there. Goodness gracious! Hey, dude, that's the first time for me. Yeah, I've gotten away with it a couple times. I think you have indeed. Sneaky, sneaky guy. D- d- allergies, man. Well, there's there's some water for you, big boy. If you need. No, I need my bottle. Do you want some? It's just like a big fat baby. Just needs this bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Bro, should I water this waterfall? This I don't giant care. opening just all over. <laughs> just pours down all over everything. Just like the oil from heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the oil that flowed down from Aaron's beard. Nice. The water that flows down from Joshua's beard over the promised land. What's the promised land? Your Chick torso? Oh, that is ah. a promised land for sure, dude. It's a lot of acreage there, the, dude. The land of promise, if you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. For for some lucky lady someday. <laughs> Let's not talk about it. Okay, all right. Moving moving right along. <laughs> So we were talking about um, Jesus loving an imperfect church. And so we, we started this. I want to get back to the like start of the conversation um, because I've been seeing people saying like, okay, I'm leaving Christianity in a sense. I'm leaving the church, but I'm not leaving my relationship with Jesus. What's, what's your initial like thoughts or response to that? My initial thought is, so, 
the church biblically is defined as a uh, gathering of people. It's defined as a body. It's defined as a bride. Yeah. And so I understand if you're saying I have an issue with the way that organized religion does things. Yeah. That's, I mean, join the, join the crowd. There's a, yeah. Mm-hmm. So organized religion's been messed up, messed people up for decades and hundreds of years. And, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of hurt and a lot of brokenness in that organization that needs to be addressed. But, here's what I see happening globally is there's a coming together of these, like these fractions of the body, if you will. And it's a, and and there's the body starting to come into wholeness and there's revelation and understanding that's being Mm -hmm. released in this time. And in these past few decades of what it actually means to be, the body of Christ, what it actually means to be the bride of Christ, what it actually means to be a whole unit. Yeah. And so my question then is, why would you leave the body? And I loved what Pastor Darren preached a few years ago. Basically, he's like, you got people who are leaving the body because of hurt and they just end up being, you know, a, a fist with a, a middle finger laying on the road and the world is walking by and getting offended. And people are wondering why the world is being offended. And it's because they see these, these basically broken off pieces Mm -hmm. of the body that are flipping them the bird essentially. Yeah. In a lot of ways, because we see all this brokenness that then um, causes brokenness in 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 uh, co- when it comes in contact with other people. Yeah. And if then you're like, well, I mean, I just want to be loving and and all that, and and I just want to go to the world where they're at, and I don't want to upset anybody. I just want to show them radical love and and all that. And that's fantastic. That's what's needed. But when you're also talking about like a nation that is being, that that basically is on the precipice of, of two choices all the time. Like every nation has always had two choices before them to rule with righteousness or to um, Mm -hmm. allow wickedness to flourish. That's always been the choice. Yeah. And so you have to have the guts to vote according to Scripture, to rule as a nation according to Scripture, which looks different than being a radical lover of people. Yeah. Now, that has to be included in all of that, but as a, as a, as a ruling nation or as mm-hmm. a as a governmental agency mm-hmm. it's more important that truth be established rather than love and as an individual you are to show love yeah so like that's just kind of the way i've seen it because the church needs truth the body needs truth the body needs correcting the body needs alignment yeah but the world needs love mhm and so, um, I, the like kind of how I've thought about it is like as an individual, you have to be permeated with love. Yeah. You have to exude love. You have to live love. Everybody that you come in contact with with should feel like they matter, should feel loved, yeah. and that should be communicated individually all the time. But organizationally, any organization needs to be established on truth. Yeah. And so that's whether that's church or government or what yeah. it's all the same. Yeah. And so that's kind of my thoughts on it. Yeah, totally, man. And what's what's crazy to me is we're seeing now more than ever oftentimes people that are expressing these things as far as leaving 
organized religion or leaving the church but still loving Jesus uh, often is because of different social issues that they're seeing play out in the world. So right now it's, you know, Black Lives Matter or it's um, LGBTQ plus whatever. I don't the alphabet people. Um, it's like advocating, quote unquote, for their rights or it's these different social things that we're seeing. And so there, it's oftentimes from this argument that, well, yeah, but like the Jesus I see in the Bible was a Jesus that advocated for the broken, the downcast, the, um, the marginalized. And I 100% agree that is the way Jesus lived his life. And that's how we should live our lives, that um, it's important for us, like you were saying, to walk in love, and it's our responsibility to have empathy. Mm-hmm. But it's not the government's responsibility to have empathy. Yeah. And then with that, so all these people are leaving organized religion, and they're actually going and joining another organized religion. Yeah. Like whether they believe it or not, the current social issues being pushed and those types of things, um, that they're just they're just making their own church. Mm-hmm. Like, cause nobody nobody's out there alone. Yeah. Saying like, oh, I'm advocating for this because Jesus loves these people, whatever that group is or anything like that. Like, there's nobody that's alone in that that you're just finding your own church elsewhere. And so I think it's really important to then, okay, so we understand that there's been obviously hurt and discrepancies between the Jesus that we see in the Bible and oftentimes the way the majority of Western churches lived out on a day-to-day basis. And that's something we as a church have to own and have to look at and be like, okay, how do we need to live differently? And I think the good side of all of this is that the church is waking up to these things and the church is saying, okay, people are looking for love. People are looking for Jesus to be lived out day to day. But then I also, as a pastor and as somebody that I have a certain level of responsibility in my communication and my leading with those that I have a place of authority in their lives, I have to be able to communicate clearly that, okay, Yes, Jesus was motivated fully by love in everything that he did and moved by compassion. But he wasn't okay with people's sin. And he wasn't okay. You know what I mean? Like, and okay in the sense that he didn't like say, yeah, just continue to do whatever you want. I love yeah. you. What? How did he end every conversation or interaction with anybody that was in a place of sin or brokenness. He said, go and sin no more. Yeah. That, and we, what I'm seeing happen is people are highlighting and leaning far to this place of Jesus was an advocate. It's like, no, Jesus was a lover of people and he was a savior and he was a healer. And he spent a lot of time with sinners and broken people and he spent a lot of time loving people right where they were at. But he never let them stay right th- where they were at. He didn't like like the woman at the well. Yeah. You know, he he was bold. He's like, lady, I know why you're here. Yeah. Because you've had five husbands, and the one you're with now is not your husband. Yeah. He wasn't like... Oh, that's the that's the lifestyle you want to live. That's great. I love you. He's like, who am I to judge you? Oh, only the judge. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that people are people are jumping from the church to a religion of no judgment, and they're just starting their own church that's actually missing Jesus, and they're claiming yeah. that you know I'm st- I I still love Jesus. It's like no, we all have to have enough humility to say. And realize that for me and for any of them, that there's a good chance that the Jesus in my head doesn't fully 100% match the Jesus of Scripture at any given point. And I have to have enough humility to look at that and have people around me and have conversation and talk about it and actually evaluate where we're at, what we believe, what we're seeing. And so I just, I, I want, 
us as a church, we have to have these conversations and realize, okay, we've got to make some adjustments because there are a lot of people that are hurting and they want to see Jesus manifest in this earth. But then also we can't, we can't just run away from truth or lean so far that we actually miss how Jesus was like, yeah, Jesus was kind, loving, but Jesus was like bold, intense. Here's the thing. You know what I mean? Like, he is. Yeah. Like I always go back to the Book of Revelation. This whole thing. You know who? For those of you who don't know, the person who wrote the Book of Revelation was John the Apostle. Now John the Apostle wrote the Gospel of John. And first and second, and I believe third John. There's three. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, mm-hmm. he wrote five books. So, yeah, he wrote the Gospel of John, First John, Second John, and Third John. All four of those books are like, like those are the books that you read when you're first a believer, because mm-hmm. those are the love books, man. Like, there's no book in the Bible more yeah. loving than those four books. Yeah. And this was an individual who called himself. John the Beloved, he was Jesus's best friend. He was closer than any of the other apostles. He is the only one who knew who was going to betray Jesus. He was the only one who was at the cross. He is the only one who Jesus said to his mom, hey, this is your son. And he said to to John, this is your mom. Like he literally gave his mom to this guy as like a mom-son relationship Mm -hmm. to uh you know make sure that she was taken care of like that's how much like jesus didn't have that relationship with everyone yeah he had that relationship with john the beloved and who wrote the book of revelation it was john the beloved and if you look at the very beginning when he sees jesus he is so afraid that he falls on his face and wishes he was dead yeah like screaming, crying, falls down on his face, like, like get away from me, I'm unworthy. Yeah. So that's the Jesus we're talking about. Yeah. It's not, it's not this, like people, they go to these extremes, like mm-hmm. Jesus is the Lamb of God, he is the Savior of the world, he's the lover of our soul, but he's, a, he's the bride, like he's the, or not the, but the, the groom. groom. He yeah. is the groom to the bride, like all of these things. But he's also the, you know, the judge. He's the king of kings, and he's the one who's, you know, his name, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is the Lord of all. That means the highest seat of authority. Mm -hmm. His name is above every name. Um, He's the lion of the tribe of Judah that, you know, he's Mm -hmm. the he's the chief. He's the he's the commander of heavens are like all of these things. And so, like you're saying, the chance that your Jesus that you picture lines up with the Jesus of the Bible, I'm going to say 100% probably not totally accurate. So you have to have the humility to be okay with being wrong about who Jesus is because, like, as well as you know him, you still don't really know him. Yeah, like, And, and this isn't to say you're not in relationship. Exactly. Or this isn't to say that you don't know him. Like, God, in all of his infinite power, wisdom, might, all of it, he still designed us as human beings made in his image to be able to know him. Yeah, And he wants to make himself known, which is mind-boggling and crazy and absurd. But he is still infinite, and we are finite beings at this moment. And for all of eternity... Like the creatures that have been seeing him for all yeah. of eternity still are surprised. Every and half hour. Yeah. <laughs> or like, however long. They it's spend like, it's like they spend half an hour just absolutely in awe and then all of a sudden they're like they're like, Dang man, I am just starting to get a handle on this new thing that this new revelation and then they're like, Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> See he's so much better than I thought he was. Like yeah. every half hour which that's kinda crazy eternity and every half hour they're just like blown away yeah i mean it'll it'll go on forever like we can't even fully comprehend an 
anything that's infinite. <laughs> it's so, like our it's minds, impossible. our minds can't. And then you know to say so confidently that like, no, actually I got a corner on this old Jesus guy. Yeah. And like I kind of got this nailed down. Yeah. And um, yeah, Jesus and I are great, but you know that thing he started called the church. Yeah. Nah. You know what I mean? Like I got a better idea. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go make my <laughs> my own church because that's honestly what's happening. And I, like, my heart breaks because I so want, yeah, people to know and understand and see the beauty of Jesus wherever they're at on yeah. any of these spectrums. That I want the church to wake up to. Okay, I see the beauty of Jesus. And he wants me to look like him. And he yeah. wants me to be moved by love. That yes, we need to make sure we love people right where they're at. We mm-hmm. need to communicate the grace and the goodness of God. That I mean, yeah, we know. I know better than most that it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. Yeah. That yes, all of these things are true. But Jesus never said you, that sin, that's yeah. okay. He never said, yeah. you know, keep living the way that you're living. Yeah. No, he said, he said, go and sin no more. Yeah. Well, he told us to live without, like, to live beyond reproach. Yeah. So he's, and, and multiple times he said, um, he's, he told us to be like him. Mm-hmm. That, you know, as he is, like, so all of these things, world? all of these things, like, who was Jesus? He was somebody who loved extravagantly, who loved recklessly, who loved, you know, without limit. Mm-hmm. He still didn't sin. Yeah. And he never once condoned sin. He, you yeah. like you said, every time that he had an interaction of extravagant, overwhelming love with an individual, when he was moved by compassion... Almost every time he followed all of that love, that life-changing love up with go and sin no more. He never, ever condoned sin. Yeah. He never ragged on people for sin. Yeah. He wasn't a Pharisee who was stoning people yeah. for sin. He, he like the woman well, you know, I was just who's gonna caught say in the adultery. Wom- I was literally exactly. just going to say, so we see this story in the Gospels of the woman caught in the act of adultery, and so the the Pharisees and religious folk um, catch her in the act, bring her in the street. According to the law that day, they have every right to stone her. And Jesus comes, and he stands, and I want, like, think about it. He stands in the way of judgment that was yeah. about to be cast by religious folk. And we tend to look at that and relate the modern church or organized religion to those religious folk. But I see it in every organized section of society, whether that's the organized Western church or that's the woke, like political left or the woke, like the extreme far right of politics. You know what I mean? Like every group is their own church in a sense and is casting their own judgments on people. And so Jesus came and he stood in the middle and said, no, he stood in the place of judgment. He took the judgment. That's what we see he did on the cross. Yeah. He stood in the way of judgment, but then he turned to the woman and he said, do you see any of your accusers? They had all walked off at this point. And he said, what did he say? He said, neither do I condemn you. Yeah. Go and sin no more. Yeah. That he stood in the place of judgment and he didn't condemn, but neither did he condone. Yeah. He didn't say, you're good. Go back, keep doing what you're doing. But there was yeah. a moment of radical love and compassion that actually brought freedom. Yeah. And it's it's the grace of God that empowers people to live free from sin. Yeah. It's not it's not us being okay with sin. Exactly. It's like we ha- we have to understand like man, sin is bondage. Yeah. Sin is slavery unto death that it only has one outcome for people. And we have to be bold enough to actually call sin, sin, and actually look at those things. 
and then have the love and compassion to meet people where they're at and help walk them out and like i mean where where these you know people claiming to i'm in love with jesus but i'm leaving the church where are people going to grow where are people going to develop where are people going to like walk out their freedom if not in the church if not in community yeah you know it's basically like people are condemning the they're 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 leaving the last supper and condemning it as as the synagogue mm-hmm. and the religious leaders of the day like that's that's what they're doing and it's like it's like yeah man the last supper had issues mm-hmm. There was a dude there who was literally trying to betray Jesus to death. Yeah. And there was like, I can't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure they were like people argue, like the disciples were arguing about who was better and like all of these things. Yeah. Like the Last Supper had issues. Yeah, but people are leaving the Last Supper table and citing their, li- their leaving as, as the reasons being why they would leave the synagogue like they're 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 basically like conjoining the two together and then they're actually going like you were saying and joining their own religion because i see on the on the right you know this whole like this whole radical right thing where you know fascism and and like these guys actually believe in the ideals of the um, clan and, mm-hmm. and that, you know, white people are supreme over yeah. people of color and, and that, you yeah. know, like Jesus was like a white man and like all these crazy, like dude, yeah. they're, they're literally like, like, Oh yeah, you, you know, we're, we're supreme over all of these people and they cite scripture for it. And then yeah. well, we and, see a similar thing I think on the left too. it's important to point out though, these uh, are actually really small groups, small churches. Well, true, true, but yeah. they get they get all the attention. Yeah. So, and then on the left, we see a very similar thing. Yeah. Condemning white people, basically saying, yeah. you know, people of color are superior to white people, which is, dude, I welcome to fascism. You, yo, you know what's really crazy? I was just listening. Um, this. I, w- I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't done with that. Oh, sorry. Keep going. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. We'll get we'll Yeah, get oh, we'll come back to that. I <laughs> we'll thought get you were there. done. My bad. My no, bad. no, no. I was like mid-thought. Um, and then we see the church has been uh, predominantly like, hey, we can't associate with the gays. Yeah. We can't associate with people who post a black post on their Instagram page and say Black Lives Matter. Like, there's like this massive amount of fear yeah. associated with all that. And then I was actually listening to uh, Joe Rogan, Jordan Peterson, and Brett Westerfield, I want to say. They Brett all, Weinstein. Yeah, Weinstein. Yeah, you just shouted out like my childhood best friend. There? Shout uh, out to Brett Westerfield. There you go, dude. Accidental, dude. I thought he was on the JRE. <laughs> nope. Hey, got a big future ahead of you, man. Yep. But <laughs> anyway, uh, they're talking about this whole thing about the left being Marxist and then the right being fascist and how the, the left, when their ideal takeover happens, they will fracture and splinter and completely dissolve. And then actually what will happen is the far right will introduce and institute a fascist Mm-hmm. Um, Nazi regime because mm-hmm. they're the ones who have all the guns and they're actually a larger um, cell over like what Antifa and BLM is, which is pretty, pretty nuts. They were all talking about, about this thing. I was thinking about, I was like, that's pretty interesting because they were saying that the, that the uh, Marxist left and communist left is so splintered and so, um, at each other's throats about everything and so divided that because the, they keep they keep pushing so far left they have to yeah like exactly they're constantly they're, they're, trying they have to, to kill to, themselves yeah 
as they run away from themselves. Basically, it's like, it's like a dog chasing other. its tail. Yeah. And then keeps biting off its yeah. own tail. Yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy. And then they were talking about the uh, how the um, right and the and the the far alt right and um, the fascist clan movement is actually very unified, and they all have like the same belief systems, and they also they're you know have all the all the guns. Yeah. So I was like, hmm, that's pretty. That's pretty interesting. Well, it's, it's so important for the the church to stand up. Stand in the actually, way of judgment. And, yeah, exactly. Stand. Are we willing to be bold, stand in the face of judgment from every area mm-hmm. and actually love people? Exactly. And not cower and hide. And yes, that means loving people where they're at, but also it means voting for righteousness and it means yes. standing for righteousness in government and in leadership yeah. that we can't just we can't just surrender yeah. that power and authority to e- any other place or side or whatever. Yeah. Like I'm I'm so tired of all that stuff and taking sides. Yeah, I was I was gonna say though, yeah. I was just listening to uh <laughs> it's it's so crazy like the 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 lunacy and the religious cultish behavior of like the progressive left right now. Mm-hmm. So um, this guy got an email from uh, someone who read his book. His name's James Lindsay. This uh, person from Canada, I believe. Um, they're of they're of Indian descent, uh, East Indian, not Native American. Um, they're of Indian descent, and they were required to go to a brown fragility seminar at their workplace. <laughs> and all of the brown people <laughs> in the workplace, this is not a joke, all of the brown people <laughs> had to go to the seminar, and basically they, the person leading the seminar basically just starts making these crazy statements about um, brown people because of their lack of advocating for black people have upheld white supremacy. And so they just like basically start spouting off this stuff and then they individually go around the entire room and begin to dissect what people were feeling. So they say these really extreme, really crazy things like, you know, like basically just getting them to feel some sort of anxiety or whatever it might be in them. And so then they ask, what were you feeling? And these people get stuck in a bind because if they don't admit to feeling something, then they just get called a racist and say they're denying what they're feeling. Right? Or if they do admit to it, then they just admitted to being having some sort of racist thing going on in their heart. And so it's literally cultish indoctrination happening at a corporate and cultural level that's like people (laughs) need to need to wake up. It's absolutely crazy. Like, have you heard of the whole white fragility book that's been going around? It's basically the same thing. This lady who wrote it, she gets paid like $12,000 to do two hour seminars at these like at these companies basically just telling all the white people that they're racist and getting them to admit to it Uh, it's like and james's theory on all of this stuff is like he's like man there's so much of it that just it appears to be people wrestling with their own inner demons and then claiming that everybody's feeling that stuff so the the chances are way more likely that this lady who wrote this white fragility book is actually just was like she shared this weird story in the book that basically she like showed up at a park because there was like a work party or something going on and she saw two parties at the park one that was all black people and one that wasn't and she had this moment of fear of maybe she was going to have to be with the group that was all black people and then she uses that as a reference point to all white people must be racist it's like, I would just ask them the questions. Like, well, yeah. what were you feeling when you told that story? And they come up to me. Well, no, exactly. Like, that's God. what that's what his theory is. That it's the 
the odds are way more likely that these people pushing these things, whether it's in corporations, in universities, on social media, whatever it might be, that they're actually just struggling with their own inner struggles <laughs> and inner demons and don't know how to handle it. And so they'd rather pin it on all of and group themselves because they don't have the backbone to think different, talk different, stand yeah. different, or actually face their own struggles or inner thought life. And so then they pin it on everybody else because like imagine put yourself in her shoes for a second. If you're feeling so afraid of being with a group of black people in a park, you're yeah. way more comfortable if you can group yourself with all other yeah. white people and be like, actually, we're all racist. We're all in this yeah. together and we're all going to have to face it. And then also yeah. I'm going to make a butt ton of money yeah. doing this thing versus her actually owning the fact that maybe you just don't know these people and you're nervous about it. Yeah. Maybe you've never had experiences with other people outside of your culture, outside of your circles, and you yeah. don't know how to handle it. Maybe you don't have enough empathy and compassion to just talk to people right where they're at. Yeah. And so this agenda gets pushed, this religious cult gets yeah. created, and then people from every culture, every race are jumping on board with it. And yeah. now it's about white fragility, brown fragility, and you've got to go to a Hispanic corporate seminar. Fragility. Yeah. And it's, Native fertility. It's crazy, man. Women's so. fertility. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so oh, dumb. Man. Bro, I would straight up oh, dude. Oh, did dude, you watch did you watch up. uh um Adam Driver on the Joe Rogan experience? Mm-hmm. That oh dude, oh bro. So you know Joe, not really afraid to like ask tough questions and like pin people's feet to the fire when it when they like maybe are trying to get out of something yeah. that's a tough question with an easy standard response well adam driver the guy from adam ruins everything yeah he was doing that with some of joe's questions that joe was asking him and one thing he did for the entire interview is he would every third or fourth word he would be like right right it's like Mm. It basically how some people say like or um yeah or like how we say like or um yeah yeah you yeah know, it was exactly like that. He right, 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 yeah. and it was this whole thing of he was basically inferring agreement mm-hmm. for everything that he was saying, yeah. and so it's it's that same exact mentality. Dude. People people don't have the balls to have a conversation with somebody that might disagree with them or Correct. see things differently, and it's really really. It's dangerous for society. It's um, and it's so important that we take a stand Correct. and actually like stand for <laughs> what's right, and yeah. yeah, especially for young people and for our generation. Exactly that you know are dealing with a whole lot of crazy extremes and feeling stuck in a whole lot of ways. And not always having the tools at their disposal to actually stay informed or actually know what what's right and what's wrong. So, correct, sir. Well, we're out of time, folks. We're over time for sure. Yeah, man. Get paid time. Yo, and a is half this <laughs> is uh, this is the end of season two? Huh. This is the end of season two. So, so no episode. Na- uh, this Monday we'll have an episode coming out. Well, yeah, but they don't. They're going to be listening to it on Monday. So. Exactly. So today, when you listen to it, <laughs> this episode will be out the following week. So next Monday, no episode. Also, I believe me and Kendall will be out of town. So even if it wasn't the end of the season, actually, yeah. that's just crazy, though. Crazy timing. Praise the Lord. Yeah, there won't be an episode on uh, the 20th. Correct. The 20th. But then no we'll episode. be back season three on the 27th. We're so excited. Yep. Dude, Hopefully things seasons. just keep getting gooder and gooder. Hopefully Same you guys are enjoying episodes. it. I'd love to hear some more feedback Same from though. you guys. Anything that you guys want us to talk about. Obviously, we spent a lot of this season talking about things currently going on Bro, in the world. Bro, we spent every episode basically, this season. <laughs> basically. Eight episodes talking about current issues. It was like last season was the season of, uh, of like... Oh, see, I just said, uh, and like, mm-hmm. dude, actually that annoyed me so bad last episode. Every time you or I said any thought, it was always preceded and, and, and like sandwiched with the word like and um. 
So yeah. I apologize to you guys who are more professional public speakers. I know Jocko Willick talks a lot about it, and I've been very self-conscious about this recently. So <laughs> forgive us yeah. for our ineptitude at public speaking. We will, we will continue speaking. to improve. Correct. But so we would like to, we would like to hear some <laughs> feedback from you guys. Though, um, you know, if there's anything that you would like us to talk about to discuss, um, you can reach us on Instagram at podcast.uncovered. Um, Do it. Yeah, reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. Go ahead if you've enjoyed this at all. You know, maybe share it with a friend. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can rate it. If you're on Spotify, go ahead and hit that follow button. And uh, Ten stars. yeah, we'll be back at you in uh, two weeks. in a week, two weeks, I guess. Two yeah. weeks, yeah, yeah. I think last season was the episode of spiritual maturity mm-hmm. and growth issues, and uh, this season has all been the season of cultural and social issues. <laughs> so, all right, anyway. well, we'll talk to you soon. Bye, bye, friends.